48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive says action against pro-democracy tabloid Apple Daily is not targeting press freedom. Hong Kong's first national security suspect loses another legal challenge over the decision to deny him a trial by jury. And a leading infectious disease expert questions what level of antibodies is needed to qualify for reduced quarantine. The chief executive Carrie Lam says the United States shouldn't beautify acts that endanger Hong Kong's national security and that action against the pro-democracy tabloid Apple Daily is not targeting press freedom. She was speaking at her weekly press briefing ahead of the expected closure of Apple Daily on Saturday after authorities froze its assets as part of a national security investigation. Mrs Lam criticised comments from Washington which had said journalists exchanging views with foreigners should never be a crime. What we are talking about is not exchanging views between foreigners and journalists. It is violating the law as defined in the national security law and based on very clear evidence, which will bring the case to court. So don't try to underplay the significance of bridging the national security law. And don't try to beautify these acts of endangering national security And don't try to accuse the Hong Kong authorities for using the national security law as a tool to suppress the media or to stifle the freedom of expression. All those accusations made by the U.S. government, I'm afraid, are wrong. Apple Daily has stopped its online financial news hours after it aired its last live news show. In a statement at midnight, the financial news unit said it would cease refreshing its webpage. Its final online publication was a commentary by a financial columnist. Journalist Association Chairman Ronson Chan says he's been told many Apple Daily staff, particularly those from the Instant News section, have already resigned. He told RTHK he feared the paper would shut down before Saturday. Police have arrested a 40-year-old man for uttering seditious words after they received a report that a flag with the slogan Liberate Hong Kong was hung on the laundry rack outside his flat in Mong Kok. The man was arrested at his flat on 5th Street late yesterday. Hong Kong's first national security suspect, Tong Ying Kit, has lost another legal challenge over the Secretary of Justice's decision to deny him a trial by jury, with the Court of Appeal upholding a lower court decision to reject his judicial review challenge. Mr Tong is charged with terrorism and inciting secession for allegedly driving his motorbike into a crowd of police officers while flying a protest flag on July the 1st last year, the day after the security legislation came into effect. A three-judge panel ruled the national security law does not admit a conventional judicial review and the Secretary of Justice's decision is only amenable to judicial review on limited grounds, which the applicant failed to satisfy. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling has questioned what level of antibodies is needed to qualify for reduced quarantine. The government plans to allow fully vaccinated arrivals from lower-risk places to do just a week of hotel quarantine if they test negative for COVID-19 and have antibodies for the virus. Professor Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health said their ongoing study showed people who'd had the Sinovac jab had a much lower level of immunity to know which tests are going to be done on arrival. On each of the tests that we were doing on the samples in our study, they were all positive one month after the second dose. But I don't know how long they would stay positive for. And maybe two, three, four, five, six months later, at some point, maybe some of those people who received Sinovac would start to test negative for antibodies instead of positive. I can't tell you now about the timeline and how long antibodies would stay positive for. But it does look, because the starting point is quite low, it does look like people might regress to having negative antibodies at some point. 
Tourism sector lawmaker UC Wing says the government should compensate quarantine hotels for their losses caused by a change in quarantine rules expected to take effect next month. Arrivals from overseas who are fully vaccinated will soon only be required to undergo seven days of quarantine, down from 14 days, as long as they also test positive for antibodies against COVID-19. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Mr Yu said hotels would suffer losses if guests suddenly leave seven days early. He said they can't take new walk-in customers to fill the gap as they are designated for quarantine purposes. Meanwhile, Chief Executive Carrie Lamb says there's no exact science when it comes to easing social distancing rules after some criticised the decision to allow up to 180 guests for banquets while maintaining a four-person cap on public gatherings. She said decisions were based on factors including the epidemic situation and the nature and need for that activity. Mrs Lamb said authorities must consider whether the risks from the activity are manageable and if organisers can comply with anti-epidemic measures. When we have social distancing measures, even when we said we are relaxing, uh, the, number of tab- the number of people sitting around the table, uh, opening hours, each and every type of the venues has to comply with very clear mandatory requirements imposed by the Secretary for Food and Health. So it is taken into account all those factors that we feel that the coming stage of relaxation should be based on venues. So it will be in a better position to meet all those uh, requirements and taking into account all those factors. The Secretary for Health, Sophia Chan, says she expects more restaurant staff to get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 so that under the new social distancing rules, they'll be able to operate at full capacity. She told an RTHK radio programme that close to a 1,000 restaurants had staff with at least one vaccine dose, meaning from Thursday they can increase capacity from 50 up to 75%. With both doses, they can operate at full capacity, as long as two-thirds of customers have had one shot. Workers have cleared debris from a 20-metre-high tree that fell on a taxi during a downpour this morning. No one was injured. The accident happened on Aberdeen Main Road, just before the observatory cancelled its amber rainstorm warning at 8.30am. The warning had been in effect since before 7am. Turning overseas, the United Nations Education Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organisation says the Great Barrier Reef in Australia should be put on a list of endangered World Heritage Sites at a meeting next month. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. The UNESCO recommendation has sparked anger from the Australian government, with the Environment Minister Susan Lay saying Australia would strongly oppose it. She added that officials were stunned by what she described as a backflip on previous assurances by the UN that this step would not be taken. The UNESCO report says despite efforts and achievements by the state and federal governments in Australia, key targets on improving water quality in the reef had not been met. If the recommendation is followed, it would be the first time a natural world heritage site has been placed on the in-danger list, mainly because of impacts from climate change. The White House says there are no plans for President Biden to meet his newly elected Iranian counterpart, Ebrahim Raisi. In his first news conference since winning Friday's election, Mr Raisi said he ruled out personally meeting Mr Biden. The White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, downplayed the comments, saying Mr Raisi wasn't the key decision maker in Iran. Well, we don't currently have diplomatic relations with Iran uh, or any plans to meet uh, with the lead, at the leader level, uh, so it's unclear that anything has actually changed on that front. Uh, I will say that the president's view and our view is that uh, the decision maker here is the supreme leader. Uh, that was the case before the election, is the case today, will be the case probably moving forward. 
Police in Canada say they're treating as suspicious two fires which destroyed two Catholic churches at about the same time in the early hours of Monday. The buildings were constructed on indigenous, indigenous land in British Columbia. Here's the BBC's Ariane Skippers. A local fire department chief said it was too early to conclude it was arson, but he believed a liquid accelerant was used. The two churches were located less than 100 kilometres away from Kamloops, where three weeks ago the unmarked graves were discovered of more than 200 children. They were found in the grounds of a boarding school run by the Catholic Church. Thousands of indigenous children were sent to such institutions in the last century to be forcibly assimilated. The gruesome discovery of the graves has caused a lot of anger in indigenous communities. The British government is later today set to formally open talks on membership of a trade club of Pacific Rim nations. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said joining the comprehensive and progressive agreement on trans-Pacific trade would unlock unparalleled opportunities for the country. Liz Truss is Britain's International Trade Secretary. The UK is in a position to become a global hub for trade, particularly in services in digital, but also in areas like advanced manufacturing. And we have the opportunity now that we have the freedom and flexibility of not being in the EU to strike trade deals with a much wider variety of trading partners. A new British study has found that drinking coffee could be linked to a reduced risk of developing chronic liver disease. The researchers analysed the data of nearly half a million people and found coffee drinkers had a 21% reduced risk of chronic liver disease and a 49% reduced risk of dying from a liver condition, compared with people who didn't drink coffee. The benefits of coffee peaked at three to four cups a day, with ground coffee being better than instant. The benefits were also found in drinkers of decaffeinated coffee. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,496. That's 15 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $71 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.38 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 80 cents. To sport, and we start with football's Euro 2020 and an emotional victory for Denmark. They defeated Russia 4-1 in Copenhagen to join group winners Belgium through to the last 16. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. After everything the Denmark players and fans have been through at this tournament, it was impossible not to get caught up in the emotions at the Parkin Stadium as they booked a place in the last 16. Youngster Mikkel Damsgaard opened the scoring from 25 yards out not long before half-time, and Yusuf Paulsen made it 2-0 after a terrible Russian back pass. But when Artem Zuba scored from the penalty spot, it looked set to be a nervy finish. That was until two quick-fire goals for the Danes changed everything as the crowd erupted following a thundering Andreas Christensen shot and then Joachim Mahler's individual efforts on the counter-attack. In the other game, an own goal and Romelu Lukaku's third goal of the tournament gave group winners Belgium a third successive win. Their opponents, Finland, drop into third place and will have to wait and see whether their first-ever major tournament can continue. Russia are heading home. The Netherlands have won all three of their games to finish top of Group C. They beat North Macedonia 3-0 in Amsterdam with two goals from Jeannie Wijnaldum. I think, you know, that, that, was, that was the thing that we wanted to do, to win all the games in the, in the group. And yeah, if it happens, um, yeah, you, you, you're really glad because if you look at the other groups, it's so difficult nowadays to win games easy. And uh, also for us, we have to do a lot to win those games. And that's what we did. So it is a good feeling if you win three games. Austria finished second and reached the knockout stage for the first time thanks to a 1-0 win over Ukraine. Christoph Baumgartner got the goal. That sets up a last 16 meeting with Italy at Wembley on Saturday. Here's the former Austria captain Christian Fuchs. 
It's outstanding. Uh, the last 20 minutes, nail-biting. Um, it's an achievement that has never been uh, reached for Austria, and you can tell by the by the reaction of Frankfurt right after the game how much it meant to him as well. You can tell how important set pieces are in the tournament. One set piece, one corner kick, and it takes him into the next round. England's Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount are questionable for tonight's final group game against the Czech Republic. The two players came into close contact with their Chelsea teammate and Scotland midfielder Billy Gilmore, who tested positive for COVID-19. Gilmore is definitely out of Scotland's lineup for their game against Croatia. Chilwell and Mount were seen interacting with him after the game and are self-isolating as a precaution. This was England boss Gareth Southgate's reaction to the news last night. I have to say I didn't expect it. Um, so I was surprised at the end of training to hear about it. But at this moment in time, that's that, that's all we can say and all, all, all we're aware of, really. I'm getting, you know, it's a picture that there's more updates every hour or so. But um, for the time being, the boys are in isolation and um, you'd have to say that, that at this moment in time, they're, they're a big doubt for tomorrow. England are already guaranteed a place in the last 16 following last night's result. A win over the Czech Republic will guarantee them top spot. In the NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders player, Carl Nassib, has announced he's gay, making him the first active NFL player to come out. In a video post, he said he finally felt comfortable to get the issue off his chest. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. He added that he would donate 100,000 US dollars to the Trevor Project, a charity that aims to prevent suicide among gay, lesbian, and transgender youth. On the ice, the Tampa Bay Lightning have thrashed the New York Islanders 8-0 in Game 5 of their Stanley Cup semi-final series and now lead the series three games to two. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says action against pro-democracy tabloid Apple Daily is not targeting press freedom. Hong Kong's first national security suspect loses another legal challenge over the decision to deny him a trial by jury. And a leading infectious disease expert questions what level of antibodies is needed to qualify for reduced quarantine. And that's the news and sport from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 22nd of June is today's date. Thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today on this rainy Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday morning even. We have a busy program for you this afternoon. First of all, we're going to start today's program by talking to surveyor and animal rights activist Ronnie Wong. And I'll be talking about the increasing incidence of wild boars straying into the urban areas. And we hope to bring you that interview on uh, Facebook Live. So do join us there if you can this afternoon. Tune in via the app or via my page, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And after the 2 o'clock news, Tuesday report Reporter Andrew Dembina joins us once again with some global and local food news update. And of course, we love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, you know where to find me. You can email us at 123show at rthk.hk. You can also uh, find us on Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And as you know, the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition is up and running. And uh, between now 